Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, episode 32. There is nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. And really what uh, well, most of this comes down to is how clearly you can recognize that. Never been about fixing yourself. Never been about becoming more, becoming better, becoming whole. It's about how clearly you can recognize that you already are and exist in that fucking free-ass state that comes with that recognition, the dropping of the desire to get anywhere other than where you're at and be anything other than what you are. And and in that state, there's a shitload of depth and uh, it's, it's fun to explore, but it starts with a letting go of the idea that there's ever been anything wrong with you because there hasn't. And I am energized by the fact that we are able to explore that potential in greater depth. For over half of my life, I've been wanting to explore the potential of what remains without the illusion of who I am. What's possible if I just get out of the way and stop trying to make things happen based on my limited perception of myself and my fears and my wants and all that, and just be part of things happening. And to get out of the way and surrender and then see everything turn out to be a part of dualistic unity as it is right now, to be part of these groups that we have so frequently where there are so many people. We're over 150 Patreon supporters now. Those are all people who are not only supporting the intention behind dualistic unity, but doing so because they're going through that growth in themselves. They value the intention as it grows. I've never been surrounded by so many brilliant, courageous, insightful people as I am right now. It's incredible to me. And so I'm just stoked. Every morning I wake up energized, ready to have this conversation with people who have the courage and the willingness to question everything without needing to settle on an answer. And in that, find that they are intelligence embodied and that what they do, we can't limit. We don't know because everything we know about what we can do is based on the limitations we've become attached to. So the potential is very exciting. So... With all of that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream that is Dualist Unity Raw, episode 32. Nice. <laughs> all right. I keep I keep getting these sneezes that like they come and then I don't sneeze and then it just all gets congested inside of my head. <laughs> How are you feeling, by the way? Uh better today. It's it's I think yesterday was kind of peak. I had a pretty tough headache like most of the day, and just like it was all just in there and uh but yeah now i woke up this morning and i was like i don't really feel sick anymore oh that's cool all right nice it's so funny like handling sickness now uh, just is so i don't know it's so different for me than a few years ago it's just like yeah body's happening doing stuff like i'm i'm not sick i'm just there are things happening inside of me and just like the less I don't know, desire, resistance, all that shit that you try and overlay on top of what's happening makes it so much easier to deal with. Holy shit. It's wild. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And it's it's funny because the healing process goes by like much faster. I was talking uh, to someone about this yesterday. Actually, we were talking about this in Patreon to some degree, and it inspired a bunch of thoughts after the fact about our mentality, about how disconnected and stressed out we are and how much of the damage that we create to ourselves individually, physically, as well as to the world around us 
is really the result of that divisive stressed out mentality and, and all of the kind of habitual reactions or knee-jerk reactions that we do as a result of that stress. And so often we create chaos while we're trying to make things better just because we're all fucked up. It's really helpful to recognize that so much of what we look at in terms of the degeneration of our environment and ourself is the result of us just getting in the fucking way. And yet when we don't, things magically start to heal, almost like the healing process is innate to life and it would happen if we didn't interfere with it quite so much. So that got me thinking about how much the community itself is working individually on letting go in their own lives for themselves. And as a result of that, we're kind of, again, changing the pond one ripple at a time. We're relaxing the collective mentality a little bit at a time just by relaxing ourselves. And I think that that would contribute to the healing process. And I don't just mean like the healing of the environment and the healing of so on and so forth, but I mean, all encompassing, just the reversal of the trend of destruction that we've been on, just through relaxing and allowing ourselves to be more like life. Because when life is left untended, it thrives. It's when we get in there that everything gets all messed up. So it seems so contradictory to look at all the problems in the world, pollution, the environment, the economy, the world, government, so on and so forth, and trying to and try to come up with a solution when we know every solution we come up with is tainted by the stressful mentality that we're in. So we almost have to address that first. We have to come to that first. Otherwise, everything we do is poisoned. And so I'm very excited about dualistic unity as a whole. That long walk there was all for me to come back to being appreciative for what I'm doing right now. So thanks for the walk. Yeah, it is so funny in our in our mentality. Um, and no, I, I appreciate the the journey through all of that. It made made perfect sense. And uh with with our mentality, like we always think that we have to inflict our will upon the situation or nothing will happen. Like if I if I'm not thinking about myself, inserting myself into whatever situation is happening, if I'm not making change, change isn't happening change is always happening and it happens significantly more easily when you get the fuck out of the way that's when it happens the most seamlessly but we're so confused into thinking it's literally the opposite of that like that it doesn't happen unless we get in the way unless we do all of these things to change it i have to feel like i'm doing something in order for something to happen something is always happening all the time and so how the the uh, people talk about like the path of least resistance and really just what that comes down to is how little of you is involved in the doing, in what you're doing, in the things that are happening, how little of the ego is involved in the thing that's happening. How, how little do you think the thing happening and the outcome of what's happening means about you? Like how how little can you attach your value to the outcome, positive or negative, to the situation? 
that's happening. How little credit can you take for what happens? Because then you don't feel like you have to inflict so many things and you're actually a little bit clearer and allow things to play out more seamlessly than you getting in the way. But we think we always have to be in the way. Like we actually think that we should be in the way, that it'll be better if we are in the way. And I I posted a video yesterday about how, like we were talking about all call, all live stream yesterday. Like you don't have to think about yourself all the time. You actually don't have to bring your idea into every situation and have this concern for what every situation means about the idea of you. You can shut the fuck up sometimes. And like with every video, there's pushback. People are like, a lot of people are like, oh, this is so helpful, blah, blah. And some people are like, this is so rude to people with mental health issues. Like, you don't understand. Oh, this is the same as saying, just be happy. Just stop being depressed. It's like, no, it's it's almost the opposite of that. You You think that I'm saying to just stop feeling a certain way. No, I'm saying stop judging what you're going through and what you think it means about you. Stop bringing yourself into every situation. Fuck being happy. Fuck not feeling bad sometimes. Like you're going to feel both inevitably, but you don't have to be so concerned and so all consumed in trying to feel a certain way. It's not about just be happy. It's about just stop fucking trying to be happy all the time. That's more what it comes down to is stop trying to be that. Stop thinking that that's the end goal. Stop thinking that life is about being happy. It's not. It's not about being happy. But as long as you think it is and you're not, you're just going to feel more depressed. That's where depression arises from. It's from thinking that life is supposed to be happy to a degree, obviously, but we're thinking that life should be happier. You should be experiencing something that you're not and you resist it and you, know, you feel worse because of it. But it's all rooted in that idea of yourself and bringing that into every goddamn situation that you experience. And you don't have to. It is an option, but a lot of people don't recognize that it's an option. And so therefore they think they have to. And if they don't, then they fucking die or that they cease to exist if they aren't constantly thinking about themselves. But you don't have to. It is an option. And that's that's really most of the time all we're ever saying is that it's an option. You don't have to. It's not that you should, but you can. I have to tell you, man, that it's, uh, it's amusing to me on some level just because I've been through this for so long. I'm so used to these responses. And you've come to this point where it's really clear at this point, like, no, it's really not that. Like, it's not, you know, it's somebody the other day responded, oh, more toxic, toxic positivity. I wrote back, I'm like, no positivity here, friend. Listen again. You know, and it's because there's no positivity here. Like, you're saying something, you're like, yeah, but, but that doesn't mean you have to keep translating it as something that means something about you. Like, it's really very clear. But you're getting met with resistance. And this is the reason. Because of the mental health stuff they're going through. See, that's the filter. That's that's the gap between you and them. That's the gap between the insight that you're trying to share and their, and their capacity to actually hear it is all of that stuff that's built up over time. 
through trauma or habit or, or negligence or ignorance. It could be one thing or many, right? And so our job, if our, and not really our job, but I guess the challenge, let's just say, is in effortlessly recognizing the length and breadth of that field and empathizing with why it was created and how it got there. And then basically dancing through it without worrying about it when we can, because it's about them letting us through, right? So that means that when you say something like, you can just put it down, you're gonna get met with harsh responses. You're gonna get met with, you don't understand, you don't see where I'm coming from, because that's the result of the mentality that they're in. That's the mentality that we can't get through, right? So we have to get those responses because that's part of the work. And I think that's really important to remember because when you start making videos, when you start sharing these insights about how you've become more free, how you are feeling, and you get those harsh responses, sometimes you're like, oh, maybe I'm not, I'm not doing it right. I'm not, I'm not spreading the word the right way. I'm not sharing these insights with the right wording. You know, I'm not using the right tone, all that. No, no. Fact is, is that the harsher the response more likely you are. It's a harsh recognition, but it's true. You live in a world that is largely built on avoiding basically the simple fact that your idea of yourself isn't the truth. We've put a lot of investment in our idea of ourselves, nations, religions, all of it. Now you look around at, at fashion, you look around at, at what drives the market as a whole. You look at the fact that everybody, even in a workplace, wants to achieve a bigger, better title somewhere in that hierarchy. We can't help but think this way now. We don't actually know there's anything else. And so when all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, do y'all notice that we're kind of running in circles? Nobody wants to hear that because they've invested a lot in running in those circles. You know, so you're not going to make friends right away until one of the people running in circles looking half dead because they've spent their whole life just running in circles, not getting anywhere. will see you and go, why don't you look so fucking tired? And you'll be like, so what I've been trying to tell you. And they'll, they'll, they'll take a note and they'll go, oh, and then there's two of you not looking so goddamn tired. And other people running in circles might take more notice. And that's all this is about. It's not about you going out there and going, I can save you. Because the fact is, is that that mentality needs to want to be saved. Not even want to be saved, but want to save itself. It's really what it comes down to. It has to come down to that point where you're like, no, it's for me. It's for me. All my trauma and narrative be damned. That really is the intent, like that feeling behind it. Like, yeah. Oh, um, oh yeah. No, all those things working get oh the trauma, yeah, yeah, the abuse, yeah, the negligence, yeah, yeah, lack of family, all that shit. Fuck it. That shit's not holding me down anymore. Because right now is right now. And that's all I've got. And I don't know how long I've got, so I'm not gonna waste the rest of it worrying about shit that happened before. I'm just not. And you have to have that attitude. You have to have that attitude, not worrying about it. You still have to deal with it. It's not like you can just bypass it, right? But you don't have to worry about that process of dealing with it. When you're dealing with it, you can go, oh, I'm dealing with that again and let it pass. But 
that's again part of the process and people aren't always going to think that you are their friend for doing so despite you saying you know you don't have to do that they're going to say well you don't understand and you don't care about my struggle yeah i uh Mm. <laughs> I even put in the caption of that video, you've always been perfect. And like people are resistant to that. They're like, fuck you. You don't know what I've been through. It's like, uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? But uh, it's funny because like, I'll, and I've started going back and forth more with people in comments and just questioning even like their point of view. Because a lot of times people will comment not expecting a response at all. And they'll be like surprised that they leave an angry comment. They're like, oh, I didn't really mean that. And uh, but someone was commenting how, uh, you know, you don't understand. This is what people with mental health. Sometimes people will just say people with mental health go through. It's like, I totally understand like what they mean by it. But it's just like, it's such a generalized term. It's like, Come on, you can be a little more specific. You're just, it's like putting in the least amount of effort to say that you have, you're suffering through something and you're just like, I mental health. And like, you can be more specific if you have, but it's like they don't even want to because they're like, I have issues and therefore I have more value because I have this thing that I'm going through. And they aren't even willing to, to look at it. And, and so they'll say, you don't get it because like to just tell someone they don't have to think about themselves like I have mental health and it's like, OK, mental health struggles or something, maybe. Um, but. Then I'll ask, like, then what is it like? What what does help then? And like a lot of times they won't even respond or. They'll just say that there there's other thing i don't even know half the time like what they respond with a lot of times it's something else that doesn't really make any sense and and so they're not even looking for a solution they just want to validate that certainty that they have about themselves that they're someone who suffers it's like I, i'm saying the root of that suffering is your perception of yourself but they don't even want to look at that and i guess like there's obviously a process there. And sometimes I uh, don't don't give that process enough, uh, not credit, but just like, I don't know, empathy <laughs> sometimes. Like there's obviously a big process in getting from those two things. Like there, there is, the reality of it is that there is, but if you think that there is, then it'll keep you from it longer almost like as it plays out, there's, there's a process. It does take time, but if you think it takes time, that's going to be another excuse to not face it. And, and you can let go of things here now. And it's the only place you can let go of things as things unravel. It goes over time, but it happens now when it does happen. And I think that's important for people to keep in mind. Um, and then just one other thing you said about uh, people wanting job titles and, and a bigger job title. I haven't even spent a second thinking about what our job titles are now. <laughs> that just hit me. I was like, wait a second. We have a company. We have new jobs. And like, it hasn't even, this is the first time it's ever crossed my mind that it's like, I guess we're the founders and I don't know, CEO. If 
joint CEO. It's just funny how like that hasn't even crossed my mind a single time. And yet we've been doing this now full time. And it's like LLC legit is a business. And like we haven't even we've had business meetings and like that hasn't been even a topic of discussion once because it doesn't fucking matter. And yet it is one of the more important things to the typical startup brand or company being built. It's like people want that title to throw on their LinkedIn and stuff. And it's just so, so funny. The, uh, I don't know, duality of those things there. <laughs> that is, that's, that's hilarious. And the reason I find it even funnier is because we have had a meeting about a title, but it was Amanda's title. And that's hilarious because of course, Amanda is our administrative arm when it comes down to it. She does all of the brainstorming in terms of how we're going to grow this in society, the world of money and governance and all of that other fun stuff. And so we're so, so, so grateful for her. But yeah, I remember one day we were talking about it, like, what do we call her? Ah, I'm not even sure. And then I, I think I actually told her at one point, let me know what we should call you. <laughs> and that's the thing because it's just playing the game. Like it really is that idiotic to me, honestly, like the labels just don't matter. Like, what do we call ourselves? Does it matter only to the game? Right. Because taxes will tell you, well, you have to have a certain title in order to have this role within a certain LLC and it's gotta be structured this way. And there's all of that shit, all of that shit, none of which matters. Right. So I find that hilarious, but I want to go back to, what you were saying regarding people and mental health issues and whatnot, I, I think one of my biggest, I don't want to say complaints against, but I think one of the biggest problems with psychology and the problem with diagnosing people with disorders is that it really has encouraged this mentality that something's just wrong with you. That's it. You're doomed. You have OCD till you die. And that is the issue. Like, and, and what's worse is our identity loves it. It's just like, oh, I am this now. I have this now. But with mental disorders, or if you want to say habits, perceptions, things that we've gotten attached to over time through traumatic res response or otherwise, when you look at all of those things, those are things that can change. Those are things that can, not easily, I'm certainly not saying easily, but over time through attention and focus and sometimes a little bit of help, you can change a lot of those to the point where they practically disappear or at the very least become manageable. But we don't have that mentality and a lot of us don't even want that mentality. We just wanna to be told what's wrong with us so we can justify our behavior. That's all. My life is really hard in this system. I need a, a label to tell me why it's really hard in the system. How, how about just because the system's fucked? Maybe it has nothing to do with you. You know, Krishnamurti, again, you know, it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. That's the point. Here we are getting ADHD diagnosis. Reality is fucked. They're telling you something's wrong with you you're actually closer to the non-linear learning mentality that we're supposed to be in. It's just that you haven't been indoctrinated well enough. 
you haven't been conditioned thoroughly enough because you slipped through the cracks through one way or another, probably through trauma, probably through poverty, probably through being a minority. You know, so you're not, you know, at the surface level where they really have to pay attention to you and, and, and focus on you. You're at the point in society where they're trying to ignore you or say that you have a mental health issue. Right. So they can ignore everything that you're saying. And what's worse is that we willingly line up for that shit. I did it, too. I remember very clearly going to the doctor and saying, you know, I have this problem. This problem. I can't seem to stop doing this. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, oh I, let me let me give you this pill. And how about this pill? Oh, you have an imbalance in the chemistry in your brain. No tests were done. Nobody tested the chemicals in my brain. There was none of that shit. It's not like it, it was anything lengthy in terms of a diagnosis period. It very much was, oh, well, that seems to meet this box, this box, this box. Have this prescription. Oh, this is happening to you. How about this prescription? Well, how do those mix? Well, you know, that's a great question. Let's find out, right? Meanwhile, you're just like, woo, I know what's wrong with me now. And there's that false certainty. But there's the kicker. I know what's wrong with me now, rather than just, I know what I've been going through. Because you don't. That's the problem, right? You think it means something about you. You keep trying to assign it meaning. And then some asshole in a white coat comes along and says, yeah, this is what it means. And you're fucked. Sorry, I get a little passionate about that because it's so often the case, especially with teenagers. And I'm like, holy fuck. They go through so much like so much because of the way their brain is developing because of the enlarged amygdala, that whole fucking giant fear response. That's why everything when you're a teenager feels like the end of the fucking world. Well, what do we do? Well, we're like, well, that's not very orderly. You can't focus on your homework. Therefore, we're going to medicate you. How about just change the fucking system so they don't have to do so, God, so much goddamn homework so they have time to self-reflect on all these giant, intense fucking emotions that they're going through. Oh, but you haven't finished calculus even though you don't fucking need calculus when you're 16 years old. It's so half-assed backwards, but we actually get into the habit again because we identify of thinking something's wrong with us instead of the fucking system we're a part of. So I'm just saying this to everyone. I know it's a bitter pill to swallow, especially when you've suffered. But the fact of your suffering doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It may mean something's wrong or not wrong, but askew with the mentality that you currently find yourself in. Maybe the way that you perceive yourself, maybe the way that you perceive the world and your relationships, maybe that is causing some toxicity or disempowering you so you don't feel like you can actually change your life. Maybe that's the case. That doesn't mean something's wrong with you. That shit can change. I know it can change. But it really does come down to whether or not you're telling yourself it can't. And if you're telling yourself it can't, you have to ask yourself why. What's the payoff? Yeah. And coming back to, you know, it all ties into identity, false certainty, and all of those things and allows us to kind of pass up the responsibility of dealing with the thing that we're going through. Like when, when someone is diagnosed in a certain way, it gives them that false certainty. And then they almost feel like they don't have to deal with it anymore. They're just like, Oh, this is my life sentence. Like it's literally becomes a life sentence for people. And then they just kind of sink into it. And they're like, Oh, this is me. 
And it's just like another thing added to their wall of identity. Like got a bunch of fucking flashcards on a wall. And it's like, this is you. And they just get to add, you know, something to it. Like none of that is the truth of what you are, but it all cuts you off from that potential, that potential to be anything. And and everyone has certain things about themselves that are unique, but we're all unique. You know, we're all unique little snowflakes floating around. <laughs> and I think we forget that sometimes as much as I say that, like, you know, tongue in cheek, half, half joking, but not really because we have, as Ray was talking about, like the system tries to bend us all into the same thing, into the same kind of cog in a wheel for the system worker bees to keep pushing the system along. And there's a certain mentality that is best suited to push that system along. And if you don't fit it, there's something wrong with you. No, there isn't. <laughs> there's something wrong with a system that tries to push everyone into being the same fucking thing. And if you're outside of that thing that it's dictated is the right thing to be, you get medicated, you get diagnosed. That's that's it is we have a system that has a certain sort of cookie cutter thing that fits into the system the best. So you fit naturally more closely into that system, which is very few. Some people are closer to fitting into it. And so they're able to be sort of molded more easily into that. But then those that are a little bit further away are told they have a disorder. That's where it comes from. It's not that there's actually anything wrong with you. It's just that you're further from the fucking line that the system wants to push you into, bend you into, straighten you out into. And if you're further from that, that's when they say you have a disorder. That's closer to what it is. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that we have a certain mentality. And if you're further from that, then we think there is. And then they're actually allowed to met like that's They actually give you drugs to get closer to that. And it's this space in which, and that's why a lot of those drugs sort of numb you. They, they veil you from reality, from being fully, wholly, and completely yourself. And it's the same thing even with, with alcohol, numbs you from the, the differences. It kind of pushes everyone into the same type of mentality. There's variations, obviously, with you know, people get drunk in different ways, feel differently, but, it, but it's a lot less different. And so it's something that can be more easily controlled and manipulated. And it's the same thing with all of the drugs that you're given, be it antidepressants or, you know, Adderall or whatever it may be, all kind of like cuts off those things that make you, you make you that unique individual and, and push you into closer, closer to being that mentality that the system prefers. That, that doesn't question things as much, that kind of falls in line, that, that focuses and done, does one thing after another, has tasks that it does and, and works on things, you know, quote unquote, properly so that you can more efficiently get things done, but not the things that you want to do, the things that best benefit the system, that keep pushing the economy along, that that keeps you, you know, the 
alcohol keeps you wanting things that you don't have, allows you to be more easily manipulated. Adderall keeps you focused on doing the things that you should be doing as opposed to focusing on some of the things that you want to be doing that maybe don't benefit the system quite as much. Antidepressants numb you from feeling all the things that just, I don't know, make you more mechanical, more robotic, easier to not be so unsure about because the system doesn't like uncertainty. Although everyone is uncertain, inherently uncertain. Everything is always inherently uncertain. So everything we do is just try and cut cut away from the reality of that uncertainty to avoid that reality of uncertainty that's always happening. And so we do all these things. We diagnose people with fucking disorders when we're we're too uncertain about them. And that's what it is. There's nothing wrong with you. Never been anything wrong with you. But it's that thought that there is that kind of runs rampant through our system that causes people to wonder. It's like, oh, there has to like we think something wrong with us is inherent to us as opposed to nothing being wrong with us. And so we're trying to figure out what's wrong with us and then trying to push that away and and become better, become right. (laughs) And, you know, that's that perpetuates that perception of lack takes us further from the recognition that we are never what we think we are. We try and grasp onto that certainty and having a disorder is just another thing that allows us to feel that sense of certainty of what we are, despite it cutting off so much of our potential along the way. Yeah. It's funny. It's uh, it's classic snake oil salesman stuff. Like, did you ever see, um, what's it called? Pete's dragon. It was an old movie slash cartoon so. with Mickey Rooney back from like the fifties. If, if anybody has a chance to go and check it out, I highly recommend that you do. It's a musical heads up, just a warning. Um, but basically it's a live action movie, but it's got this cartoon dragon, Pete's dragon. And in this movie, there is this snake oil salesman and he comes into town with his cart and he opens up his cart and he's got all these vials and elixirs and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, I can cure all of your, your ailments and I've got to have cure for everything. And it's all bullshit, all of it. But he puts on this great song and a dance and he's got a hat on. And he's doing this whole thing and it's a big show, you know, and, and that's very much what we're doing because we take problems that everyone deals with and we go, what's that? That's something wrong with you. We can fix that. What's that? Feet cold in the winter, I've got this magic fucking ailment or this magic elixir that's going to make that go away. It's like your feet get cold in the winter, man. That's part of winter. Like that's, but immediately if I pointed out like it's something wrong with you that can be fixed, you immediately think it's something wrong with you. And so snake oil salesmen have been doing that forever and they're very good at it, right? And so we find ourselves... Jesus, just walk down, you know, an aisleway in, in the in a pharmacy or something. You'll see so many things that are, are fixes for things that really would pass over time. You know, some of them, especially some of them are, are helpful. I'm not going to say all pharmaceuticals are buckets, but, you know, a lot of them are made for the point of profit. And that is why we should be suspicious of them. The sheer fact that we're not suspicious of the pharmaceutical industry, knowing that it makes a profit is stupid. 
Like that shows you how out of whack everything is that the government, the very people that we put there to take care of our system aren't watching the people who are most likely to be taking advantage of us more than likely because they're also the most likely to be taking advantage of us and they're all working together and they are and we know all that but so all of this said it's funny because we can have this conversation and and i know certain a certain person would go this is a really negative conversation you guys are talking about the world like you know it's a fucking nightmare yes and no i i mean the fact is we're talking about the world as it is we're talking about the system as it is you'll notice that I'm actually rather, rather lighthearted about the whole thing. I can tell you all kinds of layers to this collective fucking nightmare. And I can do so with a smile on my face and laugh at the absurdity. And that's the important part. It really is important to recognize that you worrying yourself into a point where you feel disempowered against the system or in the system or in the world or you feel disconnected doesn't do anything to change this. This is what, this thrives on that mentality. So as counterintuitive as it sounds, and I understand what about, you know, sex trafficking and what about, you know, drug cartels and what about blah, 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 blah. I get it. You know, all that shit sucks. But again, the society that we are in makes it possible. It encourages the mentality that eventually goes down that for profit alone and power. So that's what we need to change is our, I don't know, our fixation on the mentality that wants profit and power, <laughs> that thinks it needs profit and power and that is willing to sell its fucking soul to get it. It's not as bad as we think. It's not as dark as we think. It's just gonna take some time to change. But changing the darkness means becoming the light. Amen. And uh, the funny thing with like, you know, all the awful atrocities in our reality, sex trafficking, drug cartels, all of the underground shit, like that shit's been around. And if anything, it's only gotten worse. And we've known that it's fucked up for a while. And people have been trying to do things about it for a very long time. Has it gotten better? No. So is continuing to do the same thing that's only perpetuating it, allowing it to grow and, and get bigger or get darker or whatever, going to help it or no? Because that's kind of the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So the reality is that it is, it does stem from the mentality that we embody, but Going back to what we started with, we always think that we have to be in, in implementing ourselves into the situation that I have to change this. I have to end this awful thing. And it's it can be frustrating to recognize that it's not about you changing it. It's about you changing you, having patience and allowing for the ripples to be made and those changes to be made because changing a mentality is not something that you can force. And that's where it all stems from. You know, if, if the mentality, the perception of division taken as truth is the trunk of a tree, sex trafficking and drug cartels are branches on that. And you're over here trying to like cut off the branches. It's like, bro, the tree's just going to keep growing other 
branches like what are you you're trying to cut off the branches like look at the trunk look at where it's all coming from and that's what we don't want to look at because it seems too overwhelming and then we have to take responsibility for it oh shit i'm actually perpetuating the mentality like i am part of that trunk that one of the branches just happens to be this awful atrocity be it you know any bigotry racism sexism sex trafficking all the all the fucking awful things that you think about are branches on the tree that has a trunk that is the perception of division as truth that is the idea of yourself being the truth and we're all focused on the fucking branches thinking that that's going to change what's happening the tree keeps growing more branches and more leaves and more all that shit but we're all part of the trunk we are that trunk and and we just don't like certain branches, but we think that we changing the branches is going to change everything. It's not. We have to focus on the trunk, change the trunk, change the roots, grow a different fucking tree. There's another tree over there that recognizes that division isn't the reality, that your idea of yourself is never the truth, what you are, that there's nothing wrong with you. You've always been whole. You've always been complete. There's another tree over there. We're all in the trunk of the perception of division, looking at the branches saying what's wrong with them. Like you're that tree. You are that tree. You are the system. You are all of those. There's no division between you and all of those things happening. No matter how much you want to force all of them to go away, cut them down, chop them down. They're just going to keep growing. They're keep going to, they're going to keep arising because they're reflections. They are aspects of, of this mentality that just arise in different ways. So we have to change the mentality, but that's not something you can force. The only mentality you can change is yours. Be free in yourself. Let go of all of that suffering that you're experiencing from taking your perception of yourself to be the truth and watch everything change. But you know, the ego doesn't like that because it wants things to happen now, it wants change now. It's like it is changing now, but as you, because you're it. That's all you got to do. Focus there. Stay there. Be that. Grow a different tree and see everyone else change with it. But it's not something that can be forced and that can be frustrating to recognize at first. But when you see and start to experience the freedom that comes with that, it becomes its own reward. But a lot of people aren't even willing to try because they don't even understand that it's a possibility or that it would make any sense because we're so caught up in perception of division and in, in taking our ego as to be the truth of what we are. Yeah. And it's interesting because, so there's this defense mechanism in the system that is the same as within our ego. And it's always very interesting to watch because you'll notice that when we don't want to change, we blame something external. Like that's the problem. This person is the problem. My job, my house, where I live, so-and-so down the street, blah, blah, blah. Well, as long as we do that, we never address the problem because we're the problem, right? It's our resistance to what's going on, our, our opinion, how we define ourselves, so on and so forth. And so we, we just have this tendency of not looking at that. We look outward. We're like, nah, if I address that, it's going to fix. That's exactly what the tree that you're talking about does. That's exactly what happens is that it's like, there's a problem with the branches. <laughs> Go look at the branches. And that's how it defends the truck. And it's awesome because it's exactly how we do it with the ego. 
It's like, no, no, look over there. Otherwise we have to change, right? So all that said, it really helps to understand that what we're talking about isn't something that has to happen quickly, like quickly or immediately. We're not trying to chop down the tree, that's what I'm saying, is it's that we are trying to diminish how much we're feeding that tree. That's really it. We're trying to let it diminish over time because it has grown over time through us feeding it unwittingly, not even recognizing we were doing so while trying to chop off the branches that we thought were bad for us. Still feeding the tree. So it's just pulling our attention away from it. That's it. And that's going to take time. And so when you look at all of this, I don't want you to look at how the changes today have not been immediately reflected in the world around you. I would like to look at, I would like you to look at all the changes in yourself, how you are feeling in terms of alignment with who you are versus conflict with what's happening moment to moment. And then watch that change over the next decade. You really do have to have patience with this. It's a rolling over giant. It's a sleeping giant that takes time to roll. You know, you're huge. You take time to change, but it starts today, which means relax, enjoy yourself, kick back, enjoy the conversation, participate where you want to. Don't take yourself too seriously and don't tell yourself you're doomed. And that's it. Just keep it light. That all said, I want to change directions quickly for a moment because we've been babbling now for about 45 minutes, which is always fun, but we haven't addressed all of the awesome people who are in our audience right now. So I just wanted to say, Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. We appreciate your support. We appreciate the fact that you're part of us diminishing this tree and growing the other one or putting more attention into the other one. And by the other one, I mean us as we are. Um, we really appreciate all of your support. And I want to give a shout out to all of our new patrons because since last week, we've had a whole bunch of new Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. We can't express how much it helps. It really does. Though I will admit, I think some of those Patreon supporters have joined just because we've given um, access to our Netherlands retreat to our tier one Patreon supporters as of last week. And so we've actually had a couple of tickets picked up already. Just for everybody who doesn't know, we have a retreat coming up in November, November 11th to 19th in the Netherlands. We're very excited about this. We're all going to be getting picked up at the airport in Amsterdam and driven out to a place close to Losser near the German border. It's going to be fantastic. Huge property, uh, wood heated hot tub, which is going to be dope. Um, the place fits 34 guests. 34 guests. We have our chef, Caitlin, who is going to be joining us. Uh, the place is massive. It, it's just gorgeous. And so Andrew and I are going to have a chance to connect with so many members of our community at this retreat. And because there's so many of us going, the tickets are less expensive than the retreat that we have here on Vancouver Island. Frankly, because we can diminish the cost because of how many of us are splitting it. So if you are available November 11th to 19th, we would love to see you. Tickets are available right now on Patreon. They will be publicly available when we get into March. So anybody who wants to join us who isn't on Patreon, as of March 1st, it will be on the website at dualisticunity.com. You can buy that ticket. Um, last shout out, we have one ticket remaining for the April retreat on Vancouver Island. This retreat is much more intimate. It's much, it's, it is much smaller as I get my face to make the human word noises. There are going to be nine guests total. If you've ever wanted an opportunity to get to know Andrew and I, 
one-on-one -on -one in an uninterrupted space, this is it. Because the Netherlands retreat, although it's gonna be awesome, and it will be awesome, that's going to be way more of a community event. You're gonna be meeting people who are on our Discord, people that you might've met in our Patreon groups and our free public groups, people that you might be chatting with through social media that are a part of our community. These, these are people that are the foundation for what we're developing here in terms of this growing discussion. And so the Netherlands is really our opportunity to bring them all together so we can meet one another in person, really establish those bonds in a deeper and more fulfilling way, and then go back out into the world and maintain connection with one another and keep making those ripples while we come up with more and more ways to bring us all together. So the Netherlands is going to be dope. Don't miss that. But if you are free April 1st and you can come to Vancouver Island, don't miss that either. I promise it's epic. Uh, yes. Yeah. Hello everyone as well <laughs> who are, who are in here now, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking hyped for both of those coming up. I mean, yeah. One more ticket for, uh, for Vancouver Island in April. That is a blast. We've done that one before. So Ray and I'll be coming back for round two, ready to fucking rock and roll. And, uh, yeah, that one certainly is a more intimate experience. There's a lot more one-on-one -on -one time, a lot more, you know, smaller group chats and whatnot. It uh it allows us to really, really connect with everyone on a much deeper level, you know, more intimate level just by design. There's there's nine guests as opposed to over 30 that are gonna be at the Netherlands. So if you are interested in more of that intimate connection, like Vancouver Island is definitely the spot to be. And there's going to be more coming up too. You know, we got, we're going to start figuring out some for 2024 as well, but um, yeah, one more for, for Vancouver Island. That's going to be a blast, but yeah, Netherlands, that's going to be so fucking sick. <laughs> it's going to be like a, it's almost going to be like a rager meets deep, conversations meets just like a great time meets week-long vacation in a beautiful beautiful spot with a chef and a bunch of cool people who aren't gonna i don't know there, there's something about being in in society that just makes living more difficult you know like i think that's one of the, my favorite parts of the retreats is that it's it's a different it's a completely different mentality. It's not the one that you experience when you're with your family and friends who aren't willing to question certain things. They don't want to talk as deeply with you about certain stuff. And a lot of people who come to us, a lot of people in our community who listen to the podcast, who are in Discord on Patreon, like this is the only place that I can talk about these types of things. People in my life, they're just not willing to question themselves or not wish, willing to question their beliefs. And so at the retreat, you really are able to sink into a full week being surrounded by people who not only are willing to question, but actively question themselves and, and everything they believe to be the truth. And, and through that, we can get closer to being the truth and experiencing the truth together. And it's, it's, incredible because it's just it's like this little pocket of reality that's just free <laughs> in itself that that's open and honest and and vulnerable and not doesn't have their guard up so much they're not as afraid of 
opening up because everyone's working on themselves. Like everyone is actively working on their own sorts of things. And so they're willing to be there for everyone else. And through being there for everyone else, everyone's, I don't know, finding so much more freedom in themselves. So they're incredible experiences, but um, yeah, Vancouver Island, certainly going to be much more intimate, uh, obviously with the smaller group. And then yeah, Netherlands is going to be a fucking blast of a time. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun existing and it's going to feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to feel like another, like another planet, another, another universe for a, for a good week. And it's probably going to like at our first retreat on Vancouver Island, it felt like it was months that we were there. And, and that's one of the coolest parts too, is that you're, you're really sitting in eternity the whole time. And, and there's some, you know, there's some substances that help us experience that sort of freedom. Certainly, if you're interested in hearing more about that stuff, we'll, we talk more about that on Patreon because they're private groups and whatnot. But uh, yeah, tons of fun. Couldn't be more excited for all of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to throw this out there because there is a big difference in the Netherlands. Okay, so we have semi-private rooms in the Netherlands where like our retreat on Vancouver Island, it would just be two people two different beds, obviously. Uh, so those rooms are shared. And that's all of the second floor of the lodge, our semi-private rooms. We have a third floor of the lodge in the Netherlands, which is two rooms that are shared. And there's six beds per room. So basically, it's going to be kind of like a summer camp with other people. So if you, we've already had a couple of people pick these tickets up. And so I wanted to let you know that if you are in this third floor shared room, there is one additional perk that the other people don't get, which is that once or twice over the course of the week, Andrew and myself separately, because of course one of us has to be out and about talking to everyone, we'll come and hang with you and the group in that room for like an hour, an hour and a half, just us shooting the shit. So you'll actually get a private chat with Andrew and myself separately over the course of that nine days in the Netherlands by staying in this group room. It's going to be rad. We're just going to sit and shoot the shit and have a little conversation, just the seven of us. So it's going to be a different experience that unfortunately we can't offer to everybody else who's having a, a semi-private room because they may have a little bit more in terms of privacy, but we don't have that much time to go and hang with everyone that way. So we're going to do this specifically for the people on the third floor. It is a third floor perk. And I say that because the third floor tickets are only $2,000. They're a bit less than $2,000, I think. Anyway, the point being is that they're pretty fucking cheap, considering that you all your meals, all of the additional party favors and whatnot are all included. Everything's included with that. There are no additional costs. So you're set for the whole nine days for that cost. So definitely consider jumping on the third floor. If you're looking to save money and you want to have a private discussion with Andrew and I, that'll be your best option. But the semi-private rooms are also awesome. They all have their own bathroom and whatnot. The lodge is beautiful. It's just gorgeous. I'm really, really excited. And again, about that wood-fired hot tub, because how often do you run into those? But yeah, it's going to be very much like dropping ourselves on another planet. I did want to share it's funny because we spent a good period of time talking about like the toxic system and everything that's happening in the world. And now we're kind of talking about the ripple that we're creating in, in trying to grow that other tree that you were talking about earlier, Andrew. And it's so interesting because we've had the one retreat in November. We've had 
this other retreat coming in April, and then we have the retreat in the Netherlands coming in November. 2024, we're looking at Australia, we're looking at Vancouver Island, we're looking at the Netherlands again. That's just what we know right now. Um, there may be another mini retreat in June in Colorado this year. Not only that, we're looking at little like one or two night events, maybe uh, dropping into a local city or into a city in North America and just renting a venue and having everybody show up so we can all just shoot the shit with all of you for a whole night. Tell me that wouldn't be rad. But we're always trying to come up with ways that we can connect, that we can bring people together. I mean, at one point we were even talking about a tour where we just drive across the US from one state to the other just so we can meet as many of you as possible. So these are all things that we have plans for. And these are all things that, frankly, I would love to do. You're listening to this show, but I would love to talk to you in person. I would love to meet you. I would love to hear the victories that you're having in your life, the challenges and the shit you've learned from it. How much can I pick up from you? There are so many of you. And so it's going to take time to grow this tree, but it's through your attention. It's through your help. It's through everything that you're doing in your own life that this is even possible. So whether you're on Patreon, Discord, or you're just listening now, thank you. Let, I just want you to know that we're not going to squander whatever energy and attention that you're giving us. We're going to put everything we can into making this tree grow with everything we've got. And so I'm grateful for your help. Both of us are. And that said, before I pass it over to, uh, to <laughs> Andrew, anyway, before I pass it to Andrew, I just wanted to say, we are going to be doing a group discussion after this in about an hour on Patreon. You can join us. It's only $5 a month. Patreon.com slash dualistic unity. There's some additional perks as well. If you do go to tier two, you can actually talk to, talk to us up to five days a week. So I don't know who else would ever offer that. Honestly, I've had people go, are you doing a lot for very little? Honestly, I, I can't imagine a better way to spend my time. I love hanging out with our community. Like they inspire me every day. And frankly, I mean, these are the kind of people that I would love to hang out with day to day in my, in my life, in the world. And so it's just a matter of time until we fill in the cracks and all come together. Amen. We're going to keep filling in those cracks as best we can. Uh, speak, speaking of cracks, someone is uh, typing some savage comments in, in the uh, Twitch stream right now. <laughs> Uh, I, saw, <laughs> I know i saw the response uh they cracked me up um but uh yeah no the uh oh fuck what was i gonna say uh just regarding uh community stuff i think i think if anything we're just doing our best to be an example of a way that you can live your life and and we express it through the videos that we post obviously through the podcast and everything but as much as we talk about it like we very much do our best to embody it as well that's why we do so much for so little like we we have faith that as this grows things will work out things will play out things will shift things will change and we're just relaxing into that flow of things having having faith in ourselves having faith in ourselves as reality as you um and just seeing where it takes us and and being free in ourselves along the way not trying to force something to happen that we think is best because we know that we don't know we don't know where this train is going but we know it's going and we know it's picking up steam and it's fun to be on 
as we go, certainly. So yeah, just another big thank you to everyone who is involved in the community right now, be it all the Patreon supporters, obviously, Discord members, listeners, contributors in whatever way, shape, and form. Um, we appreciate all of you very much. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just so many, <laughs> so many exciting things coming up. Um, be it be it the retreats, be it the the book, be it just our episodes every every week. Got some fun guests coming up. Got an awesome guest today. I'm very excited to uh to chat with that episode will be out this week at some point. Um, that's gonna be a lot of fun. But uh yeah, someone asked about the uh what the Colorado retreat would look like. That isn't guaranteed yet. Um, it's dependent on some governmental related things, but uh yeah, I mean long weekend in a Airbnb outside of Denver, uh, or outside of Boulder, somewhere around there. I haven't finalized that yet. And there's a chill week, probably do some hiking, do some drugs, um, and, and just hang out and have some awesome conversations and just kind of chill with us for the weekend. I think we're thinking definitely less than 10 guests, maybe like what, six or seven ish, eight. Okay. Eight. Um, so yeah, another more intimate experience. So that'll be a lot of fun. Obviously, as that um becomes a, a real thing, there'll be a lot more posts on Patreon about it. That'll probably I don't think we'll probably even have to post publicly about that. That might just be a within Patreon thing. Um, and so yeah, I mean that's gonna be a blast, but similar to to a retreat, just a little little bit shorter, basically. Um, but yeah, blast. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty pumped for it, for sure, because this introduces a lesser mini kind of retreat, right? Because admittedly, the, the retreat retreat is nine days, so it's a bit of an investment in time and, and energy. You got to walk away from your job for a whole week because it is from Saturday to the following Sunday. So it's just one work week that you're taking off for the big retreat. But that is a lot for some people, and it's hard to arrange. And so we, we understand that. So this one is going to be uh, from the Thursday night, I believe, to the following Monday. So it's kind of a long weekend. That's it. And it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. The place that we've got in mind, <laughs> get this. <laughs> they have a hot tub, private yard, big fence, and they supply sterilized bongs. So I'm pretty stoked about that. You can see why I'm excited, especially because when I was working in the industry, I made a lot of contacts down in, down in Colorado. I'm well aware of the thriving cannabis industry that's down there. And uh, even some of the, almost like a wine tour, they're doing cannabis tours down there, or at least they were they were planning on it when I was talking to a bunch of the people down there. So I would love to arrange something like that. It'd be pretty dope to take everybody on a cannabis tour one day, if we could just to go from like one, one grow show to another and try the different strains. That'd be awesome. Pretty sure Andrew would be on his ass within the next, within the first like two, three hours for sure. We'd be like get, putting the joints up to his lips, like just suck on this here, take that. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a blast. I haven't been to Colorado in a long time. I mean, like over 20 years. So it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if this works, we can do more little mini events like this. And that's going to make us way more accessible to everyone because this really is just about momentum it really is and on that note just i want to give everybody a quick update i'm well aware of the comments that are happening as this is being recorded i'm not paying attention to them at the moment not to be insulting or anything but i do want to try and maintain some degree of seriousness for this one part 
our traffic continues to grow day by day, week by week. It's getting really staggering how quickly things are growing. And that is largely because of you. Because everybody who's been listening to because because of how much you've been adding to our episodes, to our insights, through commenting, through talking to us, through sending us messages, through making little clips of your own. That's been a big one. We've really seen a lot of those coming through lately. People taking clips of the podcast, putting it to their own, putting it to music, or just using the voice over whatever it is they're doing in their own video. Just being creative about how to spread the ripple, how to use the content, having fun with it. That That's huge because that's how the ripple spreads. That's what this is all about, enthusiasm. And so I just wanted to say to everybody who's been doing that, everybody who's been leaving comments, everybody who's been sharing us on their, on their Instagram stories and all that stuff, it's huge. It really is. I can't, I can't say thank you enough because, and I know as a marketer, it's so very difficult to create a product in general that people want to do that for, but to spend a year and a half trying not to create a product trying not to create a sales pitch, just having the conversation because we love to have it. And then to see it gain such traction, it's a fucking dream come true. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been incredible just to see your really organic growth. Like we really haven't put much money at all into advertising, like almost any, it's all just through social media, through people, sharing the episodes that they like sharing the content and uh yeah it's been it's been awesome to see but that base is growing and we appreciate you very much because you are you are a dualist community so we uh yeah we can't thank you enough and uh <clears throat> yeah regarding the uh the weed and, and the colorado trip i mean we have we have it at all of our retreats along with other more psychedelic substances but uh yeah I, as i was saying on our patreon call yesterday uh weed is really work for me like it is it is like i am i am practicing being relaxed and it's funny because i always thought that i was a relatively relaxed person and like i've gotten way more relaxed for sure even over the last you know since you go you just listen to dualist unity from season one to season four you can see how much i've changed in my tone of voice and just i don't know body language mannerisms all of it has been more relaxed but even still like weed kind of i don't know it shows you what you're not hearing like it shows you all the thoughts going on the behind you and i was talking about my uh <clears throat> edible experience on patreon yesterday but i took an edible uh two nights ago and it really just like takes every all those processing thoughts and like puts him in the forefront of my reality. So I'm just, they're like loud in there. And it was, it was kind of cool though. Cause it was a practice in me seeing them and being able to let them go. Just being like, yeah, those are there. I don't have to take them seriously. I don't have to pay attention to them. And when I was younger and took some edibles in college, like I was like, get these out of here. Fuck these thoughts. I uh, resist all of this. I don't want to be this high. And, uh, but now it's very much just like, okay, this is okay. I'm okay. This is all right. And it's just that constant sort of reminder. So then when I'm not as 
baked as I am when I'm super high or on an edible or something, it's so much, it's even easier to relax and, and to be relaxed. But it is very funny how people have this perception of, of weed and like, oh, drugs and all this stuff. But really, like so much of our society is not relaxed at all, almost ever, like always stressed. And sometimes doing something like that can be a great practice in working on that. Being relaxed is one of the most important things that you can do with your life. Like being relaxed doesn't mean you're complacent, doesn't mean you don't do anything. It's just a mentality that allows you to more easily do fucking everything. Everything is easier when you're relaxed and everything is harder when you're stressed. And yet we think that stress, like being stressed and all the time is like a necessary way to live <laughs> like like we think if we're not stressed we're not going to do anything if we're relaxed we're not going to do anything with our lives we're just going to sit there like a fucking potato no being relaxed allows everything to happen so much more easily and then your life is actually fulfilling like the things that you're doing moment to moment are actually enjoyable because you're relaxed going through them as opposed to not enjoying everything as you go, thinking that getting to a certain place or achieving a certain thing, that's what's going to make you happy. So we're always trying to get to that one little point because we're not fulfilled in our experience as we go. And being relaxed is a massive part of that. It's so important. It's probably one of the most important things you can work on is being a little bit more relaxed throughout your life. And, you know, drugs can help you do that. And they're tools, you know, they're not things that do it for you, but they sometimes make it a little bit easier for you to get there. But with weed is funny for me, cause like it'll, it kind of forces you there. And if there's resistance to it, you, it makes it tougher, but it gets you. I don't know. So I, I always just find that interesting. I'm curious other people's perspective. I'm sure we'll talk more on Patreon after this, but um, it's funny just, I don't know how, how it does. It is like an active process that I have to do. I'm sure over time it gets, continues to get easier. Like I can handle weed a lot better than I used to be able to, but it's just funny how it, uh, how it works like that. And it's, it's just not what people think of it. Um, so yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, it's good practice for sure. Because this is my favorite part, especially if you deal with social anxiety or you're worried about judgment get really high and just go out to like a grocery store or any store or a mall and just wander around and talk to people randomly and you'll get this thought in your head as you're talking can they tell I'm high and that's the practice right there who fucking cares that's the point who cares and once you've stopped caring they can't tell you're high because the only reason they can tell you're high is because you're all fucking nervous about being high. That's the only reason. So keep that in mind. I wanted to turn towards a question that we had here. Um, Andrew and Ray, I have my first job interview this week. I'm trying not to be nervous, but realizing that what they think of me shouldn't be as important as I just need to be myself. But I still have these nerves. Thoughts? Yes. So I said this to my daughter the other day, and it's valuable. It helps. Let's just say You'll notice that feeling nervous and feeling excited are, are very, very similar with one difference, you. When you're thinking about yourself, you're gonna be nervous. 
because you're trying to measure your value, which means that your value goes up and down according to the results of today's interview. That's where that nervousness comes from. There's a deadline. There's, there's a test at the end. See, right? Whereas not thinking about yourself, not thinking about the test, not thinking of it as a test changes it to excitement and presence. And that's the whole point. So I use this example with my daughter. What if I was to say, hey, we're going to go out today to a water park and we're going to go swimming and we're going to go down some water slides. We're going to have a great time. Sounds exciting. What if I said, and at the end, we're going to test your swimming capabilities. All of a sudden, all of that excitement goes down the fucking tubes and you're nervous. What changed? The test. See, it's just the perception of a test, like it matters. Immediately, enthusiasm becomes nervousness, becomes anxiety, because you're in the way. There's something at stake rather than it just being an experience. See? You're going to have a lot of interviews of interviews in your life. You're going to meet a lot of people. It's like I, I say to my daughter all the time. You're going to have so many friends throughout your life. You're not going to remember all the friends you don't remember. Same is true for interviews. It's your first one. Seems huge. One day, you're not going to remember what your first interview was. It's not going to matter. There's going to be so many others. Try and keep that in mind. Look at the long term. The short term freaks us right the fuck out. But once we start recognizing, like, right, you're going to be here for the next ever, it really does change the tone. Okay? So this is just one interview of many. Treat it that way. That's all. And you'll notice that that nervousness starts to fade. It's not going to go away right away. Don't think that you're not going to be nervous today. Don't even think that that's something that you should be able to achieve. Like, I should be able to kick my anxiety. I should never have to feel nervous. Nah, fuck that noise. It takes time. It takes time and practice and going into interviews and feeling a little nervous and realizing it didn't do shit for you. That's really it. It's going through it and recognizing what we're talking about through experience, not just trying to memorize it and apply it. Go to the interview, feel nervous, realize it didn't do shit for you. Next interview, maybe you'll recognize, well, didn't do me any good to be that nervous. That's it. That's all it is. It's really about you. It's not even about the end results. It's not like you not being nervous is going to guarantee you the job. Let go of the fucking job. Yeah, well said. I, I like that uh, example. Of, I've never thought of it like that, that when we perceive it to be a test, it it immediately there's nerves that are involved in that. Like with the water park example, you can just think of an interview, like go to a fucking water park. It's just an experience that you're having. It doesn't mean anything about you. And um, yeah, so just to add on to that for me, Dealing with nerves, I think when you're feeling nervous, it's important to remember that like there's nothing wrong with being nervous. You don't have to not be nervous. You can crush the interview and be nervous at the same time. I actually find a lot of times when I'm not nervous about something, I get a little bit more caught off guard by it. Like I'm almost I'm almost too chill about it. And then I'm like, ah shit. I I like the nerves are are a way to build up some energy for the thing. So I actually appreciate nerves a lot more. I used to have the perspective that fuck, I don't want to be nervous. If I was just not nervous, then everyone, everything would be fine. And I would, I would try and resist the nerves thinking that if I could not be nervous, then I'd be able to do well, do a good job, you know, crush the interview or the presentation or whatever it may be, or just the fucking conversation with someone. 
And when I recognize that there's nothing wrong with being nervous, like I can be nervous and do a good job at the same time. I stop resisting the nerves so much when I start feeling nervous. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Nothing wrong. It's just a feeling. I don't have to get rid of it because as you try and get rid of it, it just gets more powerful, gets stronger. What you resist persists. Like it, it gets so blown out of proportion because you think you shouldn't be feeling it. Therefore, that's a, there's that resistance. So through letting go of that resistance to it, you'll actually notice it kind of fade away a little bit more. It's not to say that it won't still be there, but it won't be at the forefront of your reality because you're not giving it so much attention through that resistance to it. And the other kind of go-to advice I have for nerves, especially with interviews, is just understanding that you don't know. You don't know how the interview is going to go. You don't know if this job is right for you. You don't know if if not getting the job is actually going to be better for you long term in your life you know you could have a another job interview that you haven't even come across the job in 2 weeks it's going to be a way better situation for the rest of your life you don't know you don't know shit you don't know shit about fuck as uh there's a quote i think that's from ozarks maybe there's a girl who said something like that i always love that line i haven't even seen the show i just i just heard the line somewhere you don't know shit about fuck and you don't know if the interview that you're going to go to getting the you don't even know if getting the job is best for you so as that kind of goes away and you're like i don't know if getting this job is even the best case scenario not getting the job could be a better case scenario for the rest of your life all of a sudden your mind's like well fuck what do we do? I, it, do? I can't be nervous for something that I I don't know if it's going to be better or worse for me getting the job or not getting the job. It's like, exactly. You don't know. You never have and you never will. So just do your best, prepare and treat it as an experience, not as a test. Just an experience. It's just another drop in the bucket of experiences that you're having in your life. And then you might actually enjoy it. You might you know, look around, walk into the office and be like, oh, Kind of cool office. This, this could be fun. Uh, I wonder who I'm going to have a conversation with. Could be a fun conversation, and just treat it like that. Take the take the test part out of it. Take the idea that getting the job is the best case outcome out of it, and those nerves drop a little bit more. But as you're feeling them, nothing wrong with them. You don't have to get rid of them. You can be nervous and do a good job at the same time. Yeah. Hell yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out quickly to Brittany, uh, who's going to be joining us in the Patreon group after this. I know she's in the chat right now, leaving comments. I just wanted to mention, I smoke a joint before every Patreon group, more or less. So I'll be high. If anybody's wondering, I often am in the Patreon groups. Frankly, just, you know, why the hell not? I'm usually high when I start a raw episode. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, as for whether or not I smoked my hair away, no. Uh, my hair ran away because of everything that's going through my consciousness, I'm more or less sure. Uh, so I just embraced it, shaved the thing. That's it, makes it nice and simple because admittedly I'm not one of those people who really gives a shit what I look like. So whatever makes it easier, great. You know, as Andrew's aware, if he doesn't occasionally say, Ray, you're looking a little scruffy, I just keep getting scruffy. So. I just don't care, right? That's all. I just want to throw that out there. I'm going to be high and I shave my head because it's easy. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I sometimes smoke before calls as well. I don't know. It's more fun. I, I definitely enjoy being high more than I used, as I was alluding to before. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fun time. And sometimes people on Patreon 
will smoke before too, or take a microdose or whatever. And we're just there chatting. There's nowhere to get, there's nowhere to go. There's no topics, to the conversation that we need to cover. It's just like, let's just chill and chat and have a good time together. That's really all they are. There's no expectation uh, whatsoever, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe one day I'll shave my head too. And may it ran. I will be, We'll be matching. <laughs> you enjoy Probably that not. hair while you got it, buddy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like for sure. Absolutely. Now, while this is voluntary, it was also kind of imposed over time. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, enough. it's funny. I want actually we might as well get into this. It's it's one of those conversations that we don't normally have, but it, it does come up from time to time with clients and whatnot, especially with with female clients, because there is often this consideration and it's not untrue it's not that there's anything about this that is that is untrue that women are typically looked at according to their physical appearance and so as they get older they start to become a little bit more insecure because society wants them to look like they're in their 20s and often they'll say well that's unfair for women but i would counter that the same shit happens for dudes it may not be as noticeable because men are also valued based on how much labor they can do. Like, even if you're ugly as shit, as long as you can do a lot of work, you're valuable in society, right? Well, on the other hand, men who risk losing their hair, men who start to go gray, men who start like coloring their hair, coloring their beards and shit like that, you know, things like that's still a consideration. You have to understand men go through the same thing of feeling like they're unattractive just because they're not meeting the norm. It's there for us too. It's just that we don't communicate it as much, possibly, or we're afraid to communicate those feelings as much. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I don't give a fuck, honestly. But when I started losing my hair, there was a moment where I'm like, oh, I'm losing my hair. All that stuff, like, oh, I'm getting old, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference for you, whether you're a man or a woman. And here's why. This is the most important part. And I want to say this specifically for anybody going through this, whether you're male or female, getting older, looking at yourself like, oh, I'm not as attractive as I used to be. 20 year old and 20 some odd year olds used to want me and so on and so forth. Yeah, because they're superficial. Keep that in mind. You have to talk to those fucking people afterwards. And you have grown as a person. You shouldn't be trying to be valued based on the same superficial mentality that you grew out of. There are so many other reasons that you're attractive to people who have depth. There are so many more reasons that you have value than just how you look. That all said too, beauty is subjective. So you don't even know, you're just judging yourself based on the fact that you're not living up to society's norm. Well, society's norm is fucked. Just to say, it's completely superficial and it changes all the time. So if you're trying to keep up, good luck to you. Right? It really just doesn't work. And you're wasting your life. At the end of the day, embrace who you are, as you are, as you change. Because the one thing that is true is that you become more and more yourself if you allow yourself to be. And that is beauty. Amen. Absolutely. I definitely, I think Ray's on more of the extreme end of not giving a fuck. I don't, I don't give too many fucks, but I still give some fucks um like my hair started i felt like it was thinning a couple years ago and i started taking some stuff for it some hair loss stuff and yeah it is what it is i take i don't think about it much anymore but i still still do it there's still that aspect of me that 
that gives some fucks and you know that's okay too it's it's not that there it's interesting because sometimes i'll get comments when because i have made some videos about that that like yeah i was insecure about losing my hair i didn't want to i started taking some drugs for it like some hair loss stuff and and people would comment like oh so so you do care oh that's like vain of you to to think that it's like no like i don't think about it anymore and i'm i could not tell anyone about that i could not make videos about it but i am and and would that not be more like less beneficial to society to keep it close to the vest because i know because i have friends i have people on social media who are like i'm super insecure about this blah blah blah. and there's absolutely the side that as ray was just discussing that like it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day but there's also the side the side that it's like if you want to deal with it to a degree fucking deal with it to a degree and stop fucking thinking about that's the thing too that we've been talking about is like if you're so caught up in like your entire reality is consumed in an insecurity and there's something that may be able to help a little bit and it does help. It's like, cool, do that, set it aside, whatever it, there's still a, a root there that the idea of yourself is involved in, but there's nothing wrong with any, there's nothing that you should or shouldn't do. It's not that you shouldn't deal with things to the degree that you can. Everyone is, to some degree doing something that you know they they care a little bit about or, or even if it's just not i think raise at a point where it's just like he wears clothes because he wouldn't go to doesn't want to go to jail and so like there's that consideration but like still kind of a consideration i guess i don't know that's like a different ballpark it's sort of but <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go um but everyone's dealing with different things and like there's nothing wrong with being insecure about different things and you don't have to keep it so bottled up like for me i've found a lot of freedom in being open about stuff there's a lot of insecurities that i used to have that i would never express and as i started to express it i found people being like oh shit you deal with that too like i deal with that too and and then they're like oh that's not this thing that i have to be ashamed of oh i can deal with it and and so I don't know, I'm all about being more open and honest about things because I th- think that's what keeps us more connected and allows us to see our connection in, in everyone. We don't have to keep everything so fucking secretive all the time. Like people deal with shit and everyone's dealing with more similar things to you than than you might think. It's just there's very few people willing to talk about it. And I think that's a big difference between men and women as well. Like women there is more of a societal expectation, but men have societal expectations as well. And frankly, women talk about it a lot more. Women are way more open about that shit. Men are not very open about that stuff at all. They keep it bottled up. They, and that's probably part of the reason that men kill themselves like five times more often than women is because it's always so bottled up and they think all of these things about themselves are wrong and they can't talk to anyone because men have to live up to this standard of being strong and not being vulnerable and open and honest and whatever all the time like fuck all that noise fuck all of it like it's not necessary there is no male there's no like fucking everything andrew tate says about like men and women and the right way to fuck all of that oh my god that's so fucking annoying him talking about that because he's just validating his own insecurities all the time that's all that he's doing 
It's like he he's trying to feel better about the way he sees himself. And he's trying to convince other people that that's the right way to be so that he can feel like he can feel better. You don't have to do all of those things. There's no right or wrong way to be a man or a woman. <laughs> like you just be you be open. Like being open is actually where freedom lies. A lot of times is, is being open about those, all of those things, because you'll find that that's where you find connection. Like people, everyone's always like, Oh, I, I, if I'm open and honest and if I'm authentic, like no one's going to like me, like no one's going to, I have to, I have to fake it in order to find people that like me. It's like, find out you've, you've been, you haven't been open your entire life and you're still suffering through all of these things. Like, why don't you just be yourself for a little while? Give it a shot. See what happens. Not to say that like all of a sudden this whole group of people is going to come running towards you and you're going to have this massive new group of friends immediately. But you're going to be free in yourself. And when you're free in yourself and authentic, like that's what people resonate with. They resonate with that mentality significantly more than, than the fakeness and the trying to be something that they're not hiding everything about themselves. That they're insecure about like everyone's fucking insecure about stuff. Everyone deals with it. So if you're open about it, they're like, Oh shit, you can be open about it. And then they're more open about it. Everyone's feeling more free society starts to change. We don't feel like we need all of this external shit to feel better because we don't feel like we're okay as we are. We think there's something wrong with us at all times. And then society starts to change. So anyway, I don't know where I started with that, but that's a bunch of words. <laughs> that's the point, right? It's the ripple. It's just being the change in yourself. It's funny. We always come to that end point. We're like, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. You do though. It's just a huge, huge thing. Like it's kind of like uh, yesterday in our Patreon call, one of our patrons hesitated to try and to speak up. They they raised their hand once or twice. You know who I'm talking about. You're watching right now. The person I'm talking about. Anyway, they raised their hands a few times and then they put it back down. And it was because it didn't sound like it was complete to them. Like the insight wasn't formed in a way that was satisfying. And so they didn't want to express it. And we were like, express that, like get it out in whatever form it is right now, at least it gives us something that we can, we can work with all of us individually, right? It's kind of like having um, a jigsaw puzzle, right? Like you're not going to start putting it together until you get that shit out of the box. Get it out of the box, right? However it looks, it's going to look like a big fucking mess at, at the start. So that doesn't mean anything about you. See, that's the point. It doesn't mean anything about you. And if you're in the way, that shit never gets out. How can we use it? How can we process it? How can we grow together? If you're standing in the way of how much you have to offer. And that's often the case. If you're standing in the way of how much you have to offer. You don't have to stand in the way. You don't have to judge yourself. You don't have to give two fucks if people don't understand what you're saying and or, or don't appreciate your intention. You don't have to live for them. And I understand immediately the brain's like, well, then I could go out and hurt people. If you're even worried about hurting people right now, chances are you're not going to. If you stop thinking about it all the time, it's not like that changes. See, you're still you. You don't have to be afraid to keep yourself in line. The fact is you have those thoughts because you're already considerate. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. You don't have to be liked by everybody. That doesn't make you less considerate just because somebody doesn't appreciate you. It doesn't make you less. 
just because someone doesn't see how much you are. That's it. That's all it is. And it's not, see, and I want to go back for a moment because this is important. I don't give a fuck, which means that I don't give a fuck on both ends of the spectrum. See, we were talking about me shaving my head or Andrew using something to not lose his hair. Either way, you don't give a fuck. See, that's the point. It doesn't matter if you're like, well, I could save it. Fuck it. Let's try. Fuck it. Let's try. Why not? I'm way past that point. At that point, it's like it's more effort to think about it for me. I'm just like, fuck it. Razor. Gone. But you see, the point is, is it doesn't matter one way or another. If you want to get dressed up to go outside because you think you look nice and it makes you feel good about looking nice, not because of how other people will look at you, but because you like how you look, fucking do it. But if you're doing it for how, for how other people see you, beware the urge to give in to that because you'll always have to keep running. You'll always be trying to meet that. You'll always be trying to live up to that need for other people to see you and it will, be get, it will get desperate, especially the more you need it. And in that case, if you need it, wear a fucking plastic bag, fuck it. Wear whatever the fuck you want. Wear some Crocs. Wear the most terrible shorts you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, I'm judging Crocs because I can. Not, not taking it seriously, but I wanted to for the brief moment. Right? Wear just a brutal t-shirt. Whatever you want to wear. Just be you. Go out to the grocery store in your fucking pajamas because you can. You see? But that's the point. Watch how much you care and why. And if it's for other people, you break that shit. Break it. Look at it and smash that fuck with a hammer because that insecurity is not going to go away otherwise. You're not going to be able to just deal with it slowly. You have to put yourself out there and be willing to be judged, recognizing that your own judgment is bullshit. And if yours is bullshit, everybody else's is too. Amen. <laughs> I think that's one of the most powerful things you can do is when you're dealing with some sort of insecurity or fear of judgment or whatever it may be like go do that thing that you're so afraid of like uh what is it uh that type of therapy uh exposure therapy that like it's it's real shit and if you're worried even about like sometimes people are like oh i want to film videos in in public and they're so afraid to like do it. Just fucking do it. Just go outside and, and just film a video with your phone in front of you. It's going to be uncomfortable as fuck when you start doing it. I promise. But as you continue doing it, that feeling, you're going to feel that feeling and it's going to be powerful at first. And you're going to feel it diminish more and more as you're doing it. Just pull your phone out. If you're, if this is something that you're afraid of doing, or even just like any type of social anxiety and go to a mall or a public park where people are around and just talk to your phone for like five minutes, just wander around in circles. And you, it'll be so interesting to feel that discomfort because it's going to be there. It's going to be strong when you first start and you're going to, after a minute, it's going to be so much quieter. And by the end of it, you're going to be laughing because it's so funny how much weight you are giving that fear and how little you feel it as you're doing that exact thing that you're so afraid of. And it's, it's for anything. And it's not to say you have to go out and do the most extreme 
scared thing that you're afraid of. Just do a little bit of something that you're afraid of and work through that. And you'll, you're like, oh, that wasn't that wasn't so bad. It's never as bad as it seems in your mind ever. Nothing ever is. And that that thing you're afraid of doing, you know, messing up, saying something weird in the conversation like you're going to say that and the other person, maybe they'll laugh at something and, and then you'll laugh and then you'll talk about that. And then you'll bring up how, fuck, that was my biggest fear right there was saying something weird. Then you're going to talk about that. And then they're going to be like, really? I get worried about that sometimes too. How fucking funny is that? That now we're, we're actually finding joy in the thing that we're so afraid of and that everything changes. And then you're like, oh my God, that's so interesting. But a lot of people spend their entire life being afraid of that thing and they don't even face even come close to facing anything like it and it's never going to be as bad as it seems and nothing that happens ever means anything about you is the more clearly you can understand that the easier it gets to deal with everything the more willing you are to go into any situation from that state of freedom from that lack of concern for what anyone says about it because it's just them judging themselves all it comes down to whether they see themselves in you or not it's just they're seeing a reflection of themselves their own fears are coming up as they judge you their own insecurities are arising as they judge you and that's all it ever comes down to so as you can understand that more and more clearly everything gets easier but the more you do it it gets it gets so much easier to the point that you're like oh my god you'll laugh at the fact that you were afraid of it at one point and then just everything starts to unravel and, and you're not afraid, so afraid of doing anything because it's all cumulative. It's all interconnected. All of those experiences build on on themselves. And just the more you do them, the easier it gets. It's not going to be easy at first. You're not going to feel like you're good at it at first, but you get better. It gets easier, but you got to do it and no one can do it for you. No, but it is about just keeping it in mind. And Keep it in mind in a way that's funny to you. Remember, you know, the brain's a real cock. Like it will fuck you right up. It will, because it's simplistic. It's always looking for a black or a white solution. Everything to the brain. It's like, it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. It's going to be everything we're afraid of. It's everything we, we want. Nothing in between. Like the brain is just a simplistic asshole. Which is useful to some degree because it makes complex problems a little easier to digest we break it into simplistic pieces and then we can process them accordingly but it does have this tendency of kind of implying that everything is black and white all the fucking time and it's not it's not it's not that you're going to go to that interview for the person who left the comment earlier and it's going to be a good or a bad experience it's going to be an experience and then you through your awareness, memory, all of that stuff, perception are going to turn it into a good or bad experience according to your preferences and when you're and your fears. See, that's the whole thing. It's just an experience. But the brain wants to categorize it. What kind of experience? That's the problem. Just that we believe it. Not that the brain's doing that because that's handy but that we believe it and we don't question it. And so the brain's just like, sweet, I gave an answer that was satisfying. I don't need to keep looking. And that's where we get caught. 
right? But if we keep questioning, then we're always living in, in that expanding gray area. The nuance continues to unfold. Our sensitivity continues to develop. And all of a sudden, every problem is a multifaceted problem requiring all of our fucking attention rather than just, it's this or this. Let's get that out of the fucking way, right? That's, that's it. We just don't like things aren't simple, <laughs> right well that's it our brains just like make that as simplistic as possible it's like but life is complex you are complex right if you had faith in yourself you wouldn't be so afraid of that that's really it we have about five minutes left here i don't know if our troll is still kicking around in the comment section but i wanted to say thank you to everyone who has been in the comment section today in that dialogue with whatever the hell was happening in there. Um, we appreciate it. I think it's a great exercise in what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode in terms of what you're going to deal with in having a conscious conversation in the reaction you're going to get from the world around you and the common mentality that it's coming out of. So I think that was perfect. I thought the timing with that for that was just great. But I do want to thank everybody who was dealing with that in the comment section. I appreciate all of your patience. I appreciate the fact that you turned it into a running joke where you laughed at it rather than getting offended by it, needing to protect the sanctity of dualistic unity or any of that shit. It's important. And, uh, and just to the person who was leaving all those comments, I had a good laugh, regardless of how ridiculous it was. Yeah, likewise. I was certainly laughing along with it. And that's what, I mean, that's what you got to do with it. And, and when you can come to a place where beyond just laughing at the absurdity of other people's comments, like when you start laughing at yourself too, like that's when you really start to find that freedom. When you, when you can look at something you were so afraid of or, or something that you did and just, just laugh at it. Like everything has humor in it. Like the absurdity that you take something so seriously in a reality, like we're experiencing can be funny. Like when, when you're so caught up in something and then you realize, oh, I was just taking myself super fucking seriously. And then you laugh when you see it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's when you're in a place of just taking everything pretty lightly. But until you get there, it's not going to make much sense to laugh at yourself. Uh, it's not going to seem so funny when you're going through the shit, but I don't know. There's humor in everything that we go through. There's humor in all of the absurdity that that is this reality. And and you know, you're going through some shit, and then eventually you come to the other side and and you realize that it was just about dropping something that you were holding on to so so tightly. You're just like, oh my God, I was just going through something for for a month and I just did the thing that I could have done weeks ago. Like you can get frustrated if you want, or you can just laugh at it and, and through laughing at it, that shit drops so much more quickly. And then you don't get as worked up if it comes around again. So you're like, I had a good laugh out of this at the end of this before, because it is funny. <laughs> it is funny to take anything here so fucking seriously to the point that you get so worked up and so angry and so frustrated and so stressed out about something that you know it, it inhibits your ability to appreciate this reality for what it is which is which is all you <laughs> just you just the fabric of you all of it whether you recognize that or not it's all you so everything you're 
getting worked up about, everyone you're getting worked up about is also you. And there's there's a humor in that when you when you get so worked up and perceiving other people, getting frustrated with them, you're like, oh shit, they're me too. Yeah, they are. Always have been, always will be. You're not going anywhere. You've always been here and you always will be here. And so in that state, everything's kind of funny because there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to achieve. There's nothing to accomplish. Just just keep laughing at the at all the shit that you take seriously and and the shit that other people take seriously. Maybe not in their face directly to them, but in private, certainly. Just humor in all of it. And uh yeah, the more lightly you can take your own experience, the more easily it'll all flow uh with with where it's going. Yes, learn to laugh on the inside without it reflecting on the outside. And that works to your advantage to a certain degree. We will talk about that, of course, maybe in the group after this. Um, I want to say thanks to everybody who joined us on YouTube Live and especially Twitch. Twitch is something that we just recently joined in the last few months. So we are very much trying to build our audience there and we appreciate everybody's support. Thank you for following or subscribing, whatever it is that you do on Twitch. We really do appreciate that. Um, we're going to stop here and take a brief break. We're going to continue in 15 minutes with our tier one call on Patreon. Again, $5 a month. You can chat with us twice a week, every week. It's a great chance to connect and you'll see how much fun these community conversations really are because it's so much more than just Andrew and I. It really is about everybody who's in there, making it work for them, sharing their insights and ultimately informing everything that dualistic unity is. So thank you again for joining us and we will see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Talk to you soon.